0: We hope you like top 10-ish lists because if so, you've wandered into the right place. Is it possible to wander into a podcast? Absolutely. Absolutely. I bet in the future, instead of playing like 90s soft rock in grocery stores, they'll play podcasts. We're officially in repeat territory because we've made this joke before but my name is Nick Amell. I am your host of the Tennis podcast. I'm joined... I in... made that joke before? Yes, on this show. God damn. I'm joined now by my sidekick host, Brandon Kaufman. Brandon, how are you? Well, I either have deja vu or I feel like a time traveler right now, or just someone who goes back to a good, faithful joke. Or just someone that doesn't remember what he ate for breakfast this morning, much less a joke. I've he got, made on... I got no time. I'm a joke factory, not a joke warehouse. Yeah, well, you've been over that at nauseum as well. Well, today. Let me explain the show real quick. It's a show where one of us brings a top 10 ish list, could be anything, and the other person tries to guess without any prior research or knowledge of that topic. And today, since it is Spooktober still, we're going to be doing another Spooktober themed episode. Today is your mandate. It's your list. Today is Nick's list, which means it'll be good. It has a lot of hashtag Nick's notes. It's what the people come for. Brandon, let me start this episode off by asking you a question. Okay. When you think of Halloween, what is the first and second things you think about? A jack-o'-lantern and candy. Very good. Today, we're going to be talking about the most popular Halloween candy. Oh. The most popular Halloween candy in America. And to kick us off, to get us in the candy mood... I've done a lot of research on this. Yeah. Uh, and I know you voted in my poll. I sent out a poll on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can follow me at Nick underscore E-M-E-L. And on Twitter, I asked my followers, what is your preferred type of candy? Something chocolate, something fruity, I hate candy or other. Mm -hmm. And you might already know the... Do you know the results already? It was overwhelmingly in favor of chocolate. I have about 150 votes in so far. So far, it's 69% (laughs) something chocolate, Mm -hmm. 20% fruity. Fruity would be like Starburst, Skittles, the like, Sour Patch Kids. Jolly Ranchers. Sure. 6% 6% says I hate candy so they can kindly fuck off and unsubscribe from the show. 5% said others. So, overwhelmingly chocolate. I knew chocolate would win but I did not think it would be 69% compared to Fruity's 20%. That surprised me. How many other f- candy flavors are, oh, I guess there's licorice and Swedish fish. Those are like bitter or salty, aren't they? Some of the others included minty, sour, uh-huh. good and plenty, fuck that. Almond Joy. I said Sudafed. You did say Sudafed because you're hilarious. Which I recently found out is a favorite candy of President Trump. You're gonna have to explain. Yeah, there's a picture. Everybody go to your Google machine right now and Google <laughs> Google Trump taco bowl. <laughs> and there's a picture of Trump with a... I mean, not every grin he has is a shit-eating grin, but this is a shit-eating taco bowl eating grin on his face. The caption is something about how he loves... Hispanics, but it's taken from his office in Trump Tower. And behind him, there's an open desk drawer that is stuffed full of Sudafed packages. Not just Sudafed packages, but Sudafed packages that can only be purchased in the UK where they contain a stimulant that has been made illegal in the US because of how it's used in the manufacture of methamphetamine. So, he sucks those these little meth drops all day in addition to whatever else he's probably doing. What is Sudafed? Isn't that like cold medicine? Yeah, it's a cold medicine decongestant. His taco bowl is literally just a bunch of meat and cheese and like a dollop of salsa. (laughs) Yeah, it looks... It's a shit-eating granny it looks kind of like he's eating a big taco bowl of shit. All right, we don't need that. Thank you for bringing us down that very irrelevant Sudafed rabbit hole. Okay, what were we talking about here? We're talking about candy. Candy. I wanted to do this for worldwide, but worldwide doesn't do Halloween. A lot of countries do. Most English-speaking countries do. Yeah. But I could not find a reliable list that had figures for worldwide. So, I settled on America. We're here to make America great again with this podcast. I have a source called candystore.com and in my research, I found that they are the authority on candy sales in America. Here's what they said they do this report every year. They said, we looked at 12 years of sales data from 2007 to 2018 looking in particular at the months leading up to Halloween. We sell nationwide so we broke down our sales state by state. So, all you need to know is this is a reliable source, candystore.com. I'm using their list to tell me the most sold candies in America in the Halloween season specifically. In the months leading up to Halloween from 2007 to 2018. Yes. So, you got to think about what old ladies hand out at Halloween. And for the folks at home, you mentioned not every country celebrates Halloween. Why don't you tell the folks at home, what is Halloween, Brandon? I think it stands for All Hallows Eve. November 1st is All Saints Day. They used to think it was like the devil's holiday, like his chance to finally get one in on the world was October 31st before shit got all holy again on November 1st. Mm -hmm. Okay. But why don't you tell... (laughs) Take a step up and tell about the commercialism side of Halloween, like why? why? Well, I know all about the commercialism side. It's where for a month, every other day your child tells you they want to be something different for Halloween and you have to find this perfect snapshot in time (laughs) to capture one thing that they can agree on to be. Anyway, you dress up in a licensed character costume and then you take a bag around in the dark to your neighbors and if the porch light is on, you ring the doorbell and you yell at them trick or treat and they give you You treats. You might also add on smell my feet but that is optional. Right. Now, if they give you a treat, all is well. If they don't give you a treat, you're legally obliged to trick them. Okay. The gist is that you go around ringing people's doorbells in costume And you ask for candy in their bag and people hand out candy, usually but not always little snack size candy. So, like mini bars as opposed to a full size candy bar. And so, candystore.com has the sales annually in America for this candy. And I want to tell you a few stats on Halloween in relation to candy. Spooky stats. Go. 172 million Americans celebrate Halloween. That actually stood out to me because that's less than half of America. Isn't that interesting? How many? 172 million Americans celebrate Halloween. I would say that, yeah, older people don't. Older people are wearing the mask, the frightening mask of age all the time. They don't need to participate. If you're an old person, just fucking unsubscribe from this show, seriously. Ew. Nearly one-fourth of all Halloween purchases are made online. Ew, candy online? Yeah. What's wrong with that? I don't know. Around here, it's usually still kind of warm in October. So, imagine getting a big bag of chocolate shipped to you, how melted and gross all of it would be. You say melted and gross, I say melty and gooey. You say easier to pour down your gullet. Yep. Uh, The average American will spend how much do you guess on average during Halloween on candy? Uh, Candy alone? Yeah. 25 bucks? You're fucking right on the money, 25 bucks. Wow. Damn. Hey man, I told you I've been doing thirty-seven years worth of research on this. My last stat here, and I know you can relate to this: over fifty percent of parents stash some Halloween candy to enjoy later in the year. Yeah, I'm lucky in that I have a very picky child who will only eat. A yeah, day. you're really lucky. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the the rest of the year, it sucks ass. But at Halloween, it usually means I get some good candy. So, why don't you start by telling me some uh, safe bets for candy that's not going to be in the top 10 here. Cabbage. That's not candy. Saltwater taffy is probably not in the top 10. It is in the top 20, believe it or not, but it's not in the top 10. I'm going to guess that candy corn is not in the top 10 on account of it doesn't usually come in individual packages. You're gonna guess wrong. Candy corn is in the top ten. God damn it! They started individually packaging. Well, I think people have it in like a little baggie, right? Like a little bag that's tied on the top. You're not supposed to do that, though. You're not supposed to accept something that could have been inserted into the anus. Uh, fuck it. And then placed into a bag with a twisty tie. The more anus, the more it it cultures you. It roughens you up. you are gonna put there. hair on your chest. Yeah. Hey, um, do you remember how I dominated your Stephen King list on the last episode? Yeah. That's going to be the opposite for you this week. You're going to, whatever the opposite of dominate is, shit yourself maybe, that's what you're going to do on this list. I'm going to submit to this list. I'm going to let it mount me. Do you think that circus peanuts are in the top 10? Oh, God, no. Those orange... Those orange things that like, if you brought those to me and I'd never seen them before and you said, hey, this is something that we put, this is a new kind of insulation that we're installing behind drywall, (laughs) I'd go, that is a smart idea. That shit looks, (laughs) that looks like it was made to insulate your house. You don't want to put it inside your child's stomach? (laughs) It looks like the same stuff they make earplugs out of. Do you know what the uh, shittiest candy in the world is besides that? Bottle caps. Bottle caps can kiss my ass. They're just like a hard flavorless disc shape, right? Yeah. What about fruit? I can't remember them off the top of my head. That's what Elaine stayed back to eat. She bought some after she learned her boyfriend had been in a car accident. Juju fruit. Juju fruit. Yeah, remember? That's a whole Seinfeld episode. God damn, you're done. I'm trying to look. Need a new host. Oh, yeah, they are squishy. These are gummies. Yeah, I like these. Uh, I was thinking of, uh, is it runts, the ones that are fruit Uh, but they are hard fruit shapes? They're like hard enough to stop a semi. And they taste disgusting and the banana one, uh, the banana one really gets my goat. Swedish fish, what's your opinion on Swedish fish? Don't care for it. I don't like licorice or Swedish fish or any of that stuff that's like bitter or salty. Swedish fish is actually number 16 which is what, it's about 100 higher than I would have thought. Are there a shitload of Swedes participating in Halloween? Let's get to the guessing then. I'm going to say that the first five are probably not going to be too difficult to guess but there are some big time heavy hitters that are not in the top 10 that will surprise you. So, yeah, give me a guess. Top 10 most popular candy in America during Halloween season based on sales. Smarties. No. Get the fuck out of here. Smarties are not in the top 10? Is there corn in your... Do you have candy corn in your ears? No, I said no. No well, Smarties in the top 10. Bite-size Snickers. Do you like Smarties? No, my kid does and I, okay. it seems like, you know, they have those bags that are like a mix bags. It seems like Smarties yeah. are always in there. That's because they're always trying to get rid of them because yeah. they want to sneak it in there. I think they get sold a lot. I don't think... This is based on sales, right? Not on how much people like to eat it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that your kid is so picky about food, but he likes the world's shittiest candy. Well, he thinks that smarties make him smarter. Mm. I got news for you. Wh- considering who his father is, he's got an uphill battle. So, give me another guess. I said bite-sized Snickers. Uh, Snickers is in the top 10. It's just not... It doesn't specify whether it's bite-sized, but it okay. probably is. So, but just Snickers in general? Any size of Snickers? Snickers in general is in the top 10. Okay. Where's Snickers? Show me Snickers. Give me a guess. Number three. Four. Holy shit. Wow. We're going to be here all night, people. Settle in. (laughs) Snickers is number four. And so, for each one of these in the top 10, I have the number of pounds sold during Halloween season every year. Okay. In America. And then I also have the states where this is the number one candy in the state. Where they love Snickers. And for Snickers, the only state where it's the number one candy in that state is Mississippi. Our friends over in Mississippi, listener of the show, Mississippi. Mississippi might be ranked last in education but they are ranked first in Halloween, Halloween candy taste. Snickers is your number one? Yeah. Snickers would be right up there for me. Well, you and I wouldn't get along and we don't. There's about two million pounds of Snickers sold every Halloween season. <laughs> in Louisiana. <laughs> I know these also have a very Wikipedia description of every candy. Mm-hmm. Because we all know Wikipedia loves to be extremely scientific in describing the most mundane, simple shit. According to Wikipedia, Snickers is a brand name chocolate bar made by the American company Mars Incorporated consisting of nougat topped with caramel and peanuts that has been embro- <laughs> embroidered in milk chocolate. Yeah, what the fuck is nougat? I don't know. I mean, I like to eat it, but what it? is it? So, isn't it the... Uh, well, let's find out. It's a conf- some kind of confectionery. Candy made from sugar or honey, nuts and egg white. It's a family of confections, yeah. Hey, are you on team caramel or caramel? Oh, I think I say them both. Does that mean yeah, I'm Yeah, I kind of interchange disgusting? myself. Yeah, yeah, we're disgusting. If I'm trying to be fancy, I'll say caramel. <laughs> but if I'm hanging around all my redneck friends, I'll call it caramel. Well, I got news for you. I don't think anyone on planet Earth has ever confused you for a fancy boy. When would you guess Snickers was first invented? 1915. 1930. The Mars Company introduced Snickers named after their favorite horse. That's a cute name for a horse. In the United Kingdom, the Isle of Man. What the fuck is the Isle of Man? Have you heard of that? Yeah, that's, isn't that where Wonder Woman is from? Okay, fucking nerd. Uh, Jersey and Ireland, Snickers was sold under the brand name Marathon until the 90s. Okay, so I have um, some controversy from Snickers. You ready? Oh. In December 2000, tens of thousands of Snickers bars were removed from New South Wales store shelves due to a series of threatening letters which resulted in fears that the chocolate bars had been poisoned. Mars, now when it says, it says Mars received letters, do you think that means the company Mars or the planet Mars? No, that means the company Mars received like Unibarmer Uh. messages saying like, that I've, I've somehow poisoned your candy supply. The letters said that they planned to plant poisoned chocolate bars on store shelves. The last letter sent included a Snickers bar contaminated with a substance, which was later identified as rat poison. The letters claimed that there were seven additional chocolate bars which had been tampered with and were for sale to the public. As a precautionary measure, Mars issued a massive recall again. Is that the planet or the company, you think? Probably the company, right? Signed, Mars said, Willy Wonka nothing ever came of this by the way. They removed those candy bars. Nobody got sick? No, that Mars said that there had been no demand for money or complaints directed to an identified third party. So Some men just, just want to watch the world burn. Yep. That was probably uh, the real Willy Wonka. Yeah, probably. The movie you just quoted is The Dark Knight. Yeah. And it was said by Alfred who's played by... Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine. Did you know Michael Caine? Listener of the show. A listener of the show. He has billing on the poster above Heath Ledger on the Dark Knight that has always fucking bothered me. There's no way that Alfred is a bigger part of the Dark Knight than the Joker. I agree. He's not. Okay. That's all. Should we find out who greenlit that poster and take him out? Well, I I always assume if you bring up a complaint or something like the next step, like so we're going to go get him, right? It never happens. I always think I'm being mobilized. We should be mobilizing against this man or woman who The Isle of Man? The Isle of Man. Okay, got Snickers. What do you think of the Snickers tagline, you're not you when you're hungry? Pretty good, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, I was- (laughs) in the moment I was taking to think, (laughs) your input, your feedback, pretty good, right? (laughs) It was enough to bring Snickers to number four. In America and Halloween, what's your next guess? M&M's. Where do you think M&M's ranks? Number three. Number three. You're Stephen king this list. You're Nick on Stephen King episode-ing this list. Yuck. Okay, M&M's, over 2.2 million pounds sold every year at Halloween. The states where it is a favorite in America are Ohio and our friends in Vermont. How would you describe M&M's, Brandon? It's milk chocolate inside a candy shell. Here's how Wikipedia describes it. Wikipedia says, M&Ms are colorful button-shaped chocolates, each of which has the letter M printed in lowercase on one side, consisting of a candy shell surrounding a filling which varies depending upon the variety of M&Ms. Oh, yeah. They have different (laughs) M&Ms. I love how they specify the lowercase M. (laughs) They have caramel (laughs) M&Ms, pretzel (laughs) M&Ms, peanut M&Ms, peanut butter M&Ms. Yep. I like them all. M&M's is the flagship product of the Mars Wrigley Confectuary Division of Mars Incorporated. Candy originated in the United States, God bless America, in 1941 and M&M's has been sold in over 100 countries. Over 400 million M&M's are produced every day in the United States. How many are consumed? When we were in New York City, you really want to go inside the M&M store. <sighs> Who doesn't? I've never been in there. We didn't do it. You didn't go in there? I said no. I told you no. <laughs> I'm guessing you can probably buy M&Ms in there. What else? How do you d- begin to describe it? These huge tubes that go from like the first to the third floor Yeah. full of M&Ms and divided by colors and flavors. It's worth the trip. I don't know what you were thinking when maybe you were hopped up on Sudafed that day. I was just thinking I wanted to be away from Times Square. M&M's World specialty shops, what we're talking about now, have been established in Las Vegas, Orlando, New York, London and Shanghai. And did you know you mentioned the M&M flavors and colors, what is the oldest and newest M&M colors? I'm gonna say the oldest is brown Okay. and the newest is blue. Am I right? How are you three-eye ravening yourself over to my notes? I told you I know candy. As a kid, I just, I studied candy. I studied (laughs) hard and I've, I've retained that knowledge and I also stay up to date on candy. Were you disappointed that the University of Oklahoma didn't have a candy program? Okay, that was a funny joke. (laughs) I'm trying to think how to respond. Did you know, you were right by the way, brown is the oldest, blue is the newest. They used to have a light brown too but the light brown is gone. Yeah, that's super fucking interesting. Uh, But did you know that that since 1988, specially designed packages of presidential M&Ms have been given as souvenirs to guests of the President of the United States. Holy shit, how big do you think that bag of M&Ms is now? I think it's instead of M&M's, it's like fucking Big Macs or something. It's Sudafed. <laughs> Two more notes here on M&M's. M&M's is huge. They have the characters too, the talking M&M's that you see in the commercials, and the movies, and Super Bowl commercials. There's actually been several M&M's themed video games. Oh, kind of like the Noid had a video game. Yeah, the Noid from Domino's. Yeah, what was the M&M's video game? It sounds like shit. The first one was The Lost Formulas, released in September 2000. Is the goal of these little anthropomorphic M&Ms, is their goal to be eaten, to be consumed? No, they don't want to be consumed. Well, then Remember why all the would commercials they even are... talk about, why would they just fucking go into hiding? I don't understand why they walk around people and talk about how they're filled with... Because some... you can't just live your life in hiding, they want to experience the world, they want, to, they want to go to Niagara Falls, they want to see the movies, they want to talk to Santa in that commercial. Well, they, you are. they flaunt themselves and wiggle their little milk chocolate filled asses wow. all up and down the street and they don't <sighs> expect people to attack them. So, you're suggesting anyone now that is a captive or in hiding out of fear, you suggest that they just stay that way for their whole life and never experience the joys and beauties of the world. Wait, are you talking about a human? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, if a human is... If a human is but being... these M&Ms are human-like. No, if, the, if a human is being held captive with the intention that they'll later be eaten, yes, I encourage them to escape. Okay, well, you're flip-flopping here. Liberate yourself. But to anthropomorphic M&M's, if you exist <laughs> to be eaten. <laughs> but they don't, they're, big, they're not your normal M&M's. They must submit to us oh, wow. and let okay. us eat them. Now, if a human is full of chocolate, I, I might be able to sympathize, but these M&M's should be free to do as they wish. And did you know... Don't that- chase me, I'm full of chocolate. <laughs> did you know that the original voice actors for the red and yellow M&M's were... Was one Jason Alexander? No. Who were they? John Lovitz was the red M&M. Oh, yeah. And John Goodman was the yellow M&M. I didn't know that. It is a John Goodman-like voice still. Isn't it interesting that these famous celebrities will do voice acting on this shit but then they don't get credit really. You have to cu- it's like a trivia fact to know it almost. I don't think they give a shit about the credit. I think they give a shit about the paycheck. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite M&M, Brandon? There's only one right answer, by the way. What are you talking about? They're all the same flavor. They're just different colors. No, they have different flavors, jackass. No, they don't. You and my kid think the same thing. That color is just color. They all no, are No, 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 no. I'm not talking about within the same bag. Oh. I'm talking about there's chocolate M&Ms, there's peanut M&Ms. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh peanut butter. Your poor kid getting fucking roasted on this podcast. you can't tell me which one is his favorite flavor when they're all coming out of the milk chocolate bag. Yeah, I'd go for peanut butter. All right, there it is. Is this a good segue to talk about our world? Don't do it. Just tell me what kind you like and then move on. Peanut butter is the only right answer to that. That's right. Do you prefer a peanut butter M&M or a Reese's piece? Peanut butter M&M. What? They're both good, but peanut butter M&M gets my vote. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought you mumbled, I don't know. Like... (laughs) Oh. Like, it was such a monumental task to try to figure out which one you like more, you're just like, I'll have to get back to you. I don't know. <laughs> thought you'd started like writing equations down to figure out which one of these. Bro, I haven't written an equation down since college. You know why? Because nobody needs that shit in the real world. I've never used an equation. Okay. Candy. M&M's. And we'll table the discussion on if peanut butter replaced all water in the world for later. What's your next guess? Tootsie Pop. Tootsie Pop is the one I've been most looking forward to talk to because of some fucking notes I got on it. Tootsie Pop is number eight in the top 10. Brandon, explain for the folks at home, what is a Tootsie Pop? It is a ball of Tootsie Roll inside of... But what's a Tootsie Roll? Tootsie Roll is a chocolate flavored uh, sort of gooey like taffy candy. And then a Tootsie Pop has that in a little ball on a stick like a sucker with a <laughs> fruity sucker surrounding it. It's two treats in one. I got made fun of recently for calling it a sucker. Apparently, that's a lollipop. Isn't that what you... Yeah. People call it, I guess, a lollipop. We... Did someone from outside of Oklahoma make fun yes, of you? Yes, it, it was a New Yorker. Yeah, they're called suckers around here. It's called... It's a colloquialism. Colloquially, they are called suckers and a soda is called a pop. It just depends on where you grew up. Okay, well, a Tootsie Pop, despite what the name might have you believe, they're not made of toots. <laughs> that wasn't worth saying you think? I, I mean, <laughs> sure, I'm sure there are some people who are a little bit concerned <laughs> if they unwrap the wrapper around <laughs> the stick that what comes off is a little like green pooty cloud and they're just left holding an empty white stick like, oh, I guess that, ew. <laughs> okay. We should probably move on because we're losing listeners by the millisecond. Tootsie Pops, 1.2 million pounds every year sold in the US at Halloween. It is a favorite in Tennessee. Tennessee love their toots. Tootsie Pop is, this is a hashtag Nick's Note original here, the dumber, fatter, uglier stepbrother of the far superior Blow Pop. Blow pop has, has shitty gum inside. But the flavor of the sucker is better, the candy shell. That's true. I'll take a blow pop over a, a Tootsie Pop any day. I don't actually want that whatever's in the middle of either one of them. So, yeah, with that in mind, I'll agree that blow pop. I'll say the gum is shitty, but the first like 10 seconds of the gum is great. It's just it loses its flavor like immediately. I don't think there is a gum that has lasting flavor anymore. I don't understand... Is it cheaper, I guess, to make it without long-lasting flavor? Like, what's the... Even, the, even the, the fancy gum that comes in that package with a five on it, is it called five gum? <laughs> yes. Even that shit, like, after like three chomps, I got nothing. Three chomps. They should change the number on the front to fucking three. It's interesting you bring up chomps because we're going to be talking about chomps here in a second. But let me tell you about Tootsie Pop a little bit more. Here's from Wikipedia. They were invented in 1931 by an employee of the Sweets Company of America. The company changed its name in 1969 to Tootsie Roll Industries. There's at least 60 million Tootsie Rolls and 20 million Tootsie Pops produced every day. Holy hell. Not as much as the 400 million M&Ms though. Tootsie Pops are known for the catchphrase, How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of the Tootsie Pop? The phrase was first introduced in an animated commercial which debuted in the U.S. in 1970. It was an owl. Yeah, in the original television ad, a questioning boy poses the question to a cow, a fox, a turtle, and finally an owl. Each one of the three animals tells the boy to ask someone else explaining that they would bite a Tootsie Pop every time they lick one. Eventually, he asks the owl who starts licking it but bites it to the lollipop after only three licks, much to the chagrin of the boy who gets the empty stick back. I think as I'm saying this, we can all picture this commercial in our head. I think we all saw it. One, two, three. That's how he (laughs) says it. Uh, Before I wrote these notes down, I hadn't seen that commercial in since I was watching cartoons when I was 10 years old probably. Mm -hmm. But I still can picture it and hear it beat by beat in my head including the owl voice you just did. Commercials are powerful. Like last zoom in on the boy's face when he looks at the camera and he's holding his empty stick like, did I just get fucked? Now, what I was most excited to talk to you about was some studies done to get to the center of the answer of the question, how many likes does it take to get to the center of Tootsie Pop? A study done by Purdue University concluded that it took an average of 364 licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop using a licking machine. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) which was later taken home by some of the employees on a rotating (laughs) basis. A licking machine. Someone had to create this licking machine for the sole intent, well, in quotes. Wasn't that your nickname in high school? (laughs) First of all, does anyone fucking lick the Tootsie Pop? Don't they just suck on it in their mouth? Do you literally stick your tongue out and rub it up against the side of a sucker like an Uh ice cream cone? Like one vertical like, yep. yeah. like one like two to three inch swipe like. Yep. But bro, if if I had a licking machine, I wouldn't need a wife. Anymore. I would imagine a licking machine is just like a, a lathe that you would use to like make uh, legs for a chair. Uh-huh. They just have a, leg, a lathe and then buy like a wet tongue and <laughs> stick on it and then it turns and it just goes. A wet f- f- tongue. F- oh, God. You can go to the butcher and buy a tongue. Well, yeah, but that's a cow tongue probably which would affect the study. Oh. I picture it as like a rotating bicycle wheel like that's automated and there's a tongue on it and so, it just kind of like continually... But if you rotated the Tootsie Pop and kept the tongue stationary, you could say it was just one super long lick. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. But I, I like that a huge university like Purdue took the time to not only do this study but to concoct a licking machine. God. To get <laughs> Let's get to the answer of it. I've had a breakthrough on the licking machine today. <laughs> oh, you found out how many licks it takes to get to the center? No, it became my boyfriend. <laughs> no, but it tosses a hell of a salad. <laughs> uh, so, 364 licks from the licking machine but 252 licks on average from students when 20 that's students right. tried it. Because the students have been practicing on each other. <laughs> Their tongues gotten a little more practice in the real world. Yeah. But that's not the only study done on this. This is kind of long, but it's worth it. So, let me read it. In 2014, the Tribology Laboratory at the University of Florida published a study examining the coupled effects of biology, corrosion, and mechanical agitation on the wear of Tootsie Roll Pops. Self-reported wear data from 58 participants was used in conjunction with statistical analysis of actual lollipop cross-sectional information in a numerical (laughs) simulation to compare... (laughs) <laughs> to compute the average number of licks required to reach the tootsie roll center of a tootsie roll <laughs> we, can we Can we reallocate <laughs> these uh, fuckers to cold fusion? The number of licks required to reach the center based on the equational cross-section data was found to be nearly independent of the licking style with the one-sided approach reaching 195 plus or minus 18 licks and the full surface approach, <laughs> the full surface approach of licking requiring 184 plus or minus 33 licks. You get it? That's the difference between the side, one-sided lick approach versus the full surface licking approach. I am... Hang on, there's more. Simultaneously aghast and impressed. Detailed examination of the lollipops indicates that the minimum candy shell thickness is rarely, if ever, located along the equator. Using the global minimum distance resulted in a calculated 130 plus or minus 29 licks to reach the center independent of licking style. I'm done. Holy fuck. Also, we discovered a black hole. What's interesting to me besides the obvious question of why the fuck did anybody give a shit about this, but the study concluded basically 130 plus or minus 29 licks. Compare that to the 252 licks from the students at Purdue. They were milking it. Yeah. And then 364 for the for the famous licking machine. So, Sounds like this licking machine needs to be like, we need to make some tweaks to this licking machine to get it. At, uh, yeah, I'll take it home and work on it. Yeah. To, don't, don't worry. <laughs> I got to tinker with this thing some more. <laughs> I'll be <laughs> taking time. it home with me. Oh, Brandon, I noticed you put in some more <laughs> overtime last week. I noticed you didn't take any tools. <laughs> oh, you got one very important tool uh, <laughs> with you at all times. <laughs> So, that's the Tootsie Pop inconclusive conclusion, I'd say, to how many licks it truly takes to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop. Yeah. The world may never know. I guess I can see how adhering to scientific rigor is good training before young scientists are like, you know, we're going to get you started on a Tootsie Pop and then we're going to move you over to a nuclear reactor. And then we're going to wrap you up on my ass with the <laughs> after you've learned about licking procedures with the Tootsie Pop. <laughs> it's all... It This is all... uh <laughs> This is all uh, misdirection by a really horny Dean to get them. So, how's that licking machine coming along? I'm going to get to the bottom of this Tootsie Pod business. Goddamn. I found additional funding for the licking machine in my wallet. Head down to Home Depot. Here's my bank card. Fuck. Why did we do the tennis podcast? Let's cancel this idea because I just want to talk about the licking machine full time. The licking machine podcast? We really missed the boat on the licking machine. Okay, we got to speed it up here. You got number three M&Ms, number four Snickers, number eight Tootsie Pops. How about Nerds? No, no Nerds. Okay. Nerds wasn't even in the top 20. Sweet Tarts. No, what are you? A fucking communist? There's no Sweet Tarts on the show. No, Sweet Tarts are kind of common. Jolly Rancher. Nope, Jolly Rancher is number 11 and I mentioned Blow Pops earlier, they're number 20. Hot Tamales. Hot Tamales. I would have guessed Hot Tamales were not top 20 but they are number seven. Yep. And in fact, our friends in New York, Arizona and Indiana, it's their favorite candy with 1.3 million sold across the US every Halloween. What states? New York, Arizona and Indiana, three very different states. Yeah, interesting. Hot Tamales are a chewy cinnamon flavored <laughs> oblong shaped candy. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Hang on, I need a, <laughs> a minute. Fucking Wikipedia slays me. There are a whole, There is like a whole scientific community around candy that we never knew about. An oblong shaped candy introduced in 1950. It is manufactured and marketed in the United States by Just Born, family-owned Pennsylvania-based candy company. So, I, I do wonder if our international listeners don't even know what hot tamales are. Uh, well, I mean, it's a, it's a fucking, you know, a tamale is a thing but this is a candy that, a tamale cashes is cashes in on the fame of a hot tamale. Yeah, a tamale is a Mexican treat. Wow, okay. I don't know but why... It's I, a food, it's not sweet. I don't know why I had to bring their nationality into it but okay. Now, listen, I figured out while you were talking there what that program at the University of Oklahoma should have been. Confectionary science. That's what this field of study is in which all this... Evidently, all of the most powerful and studious scientists in America are working on candy. And I th- guess it's con- the confectionary sciences. Well, I think they're not really working on candy. They're just using candy as a justification to work on the licking <laughs> machines. <laughs> to build a licking machine. <laughs> to build sex toys. <laughs> so, hot tamale, I just have two more notes. A spearmint version, hot tamales ice, you know, the fucking antithesis of what a hot tamale is supposed to be. Oh, gross. I've never even heard of this. It was in the late 2000s, but was discontinued. It was reintroduced again in 2018 combined with the regular hot tamales and marketed as hot tamales fire and ice. And then my last note, Wikipedia had very few notes on the hot tamale but they did include this. This is taken directly from the Wikipedia page on hot tamales. Quote, in the beginning of the episode, The Duel on The Office, Pam announces there will be a new candy on her desk for the new year being hot tamales. <laughs> Who took the fucking time to, <laughs> to go to Wikipedia and add that note? And they citated it as well. Jenna Fisher. Hot tamales number seven. You mentioned gross ass candy corn, remember that? Yeah. They're in the top ten. Candy corn. I'm going to guess candy corn is number six. It's number six. I knew it. You revealed to me recently that you like candy corn. Someone asked, does anyone on here on this group, does anyone like candy corn? And no one was sticking up for it and I did admit that I like the first handful, the first few pieces. It does get old and gross very quick. By very quick, you mean immediately. Candy corn sucks, but it is number six in the top 10 with 1.3 million pounds sold every Halloween season. I love how like with how much authority you just said candy corn. Sucks as if that was on the candystore.com website. a like, category sucks. It's on hashtag Nick's notes, so it's fact. Candy corn is a favorite in the States, North Dakota, Idaho, Nevada. Is it Nevada or Nevada? Nevada, right? Nevada, yeah. New Mexico to me, that makes sense. Those are desolate areas. Here's the Wikipedia description on candy corn. Candy corn is a candy most often found in the US and Canada, popular primarily around Halloween. I think that's the only time you can really see candy corn around. The three colors of the candy, (laughs) tell me if this sounds yummy for a candy. A broad yellow end, a tapered orange (laughs) center and a pointed white tip. (laughs) They mimic the appearance of kernels of corn, hence the name. Each piece is approximately three times the size of a real kernel of a ripe or dried ear. When was it invented? Does that say? Yes. I think I know. Oh, when does it say it was invented? Because I think it was kind of early. Yeah, give me a guess. Uh, I thought that the Indians showed the pilgrims candy corn except they called it candy maize. That was pretty solid. Hang on, picking myself up off the floor because I'm laughing so hard. <sighs> the original name of candy corn when it was first produced was Chicken Feed. Oh, I thought it'd be Candy Maze. In the 1880s. How do they fucking make shit like this in the 1880s? Because weren't they still living in fucking teepees and shit back then? Caves? But the, I don't know. That must have been right around the like beginning of mass production of food, right? Yeah. We don't have the technology to build a licking machine. Let's build a machine that spits out little colored drops of sugary candy. We don't have the technology yet to build a toilet. So, let's focus our energy on this fucking yellowy brown candy. They had toilets by then. They had toilets in the 18th century. Like an actual toilet, not just a hole in a designated spot? No, a flushing toilet. We're looking it up now. Toilet. They had outhouses and stuff, I know that. I don't think they had a functioning no, toilet. No, I'm talking about a flushing toilet. And it would connect through pipes to the sewer. How about- You're full of shit. Just like a toilet, you're full of shit. I'm No, listen to me. Well, let's talk about a toilet, a flushing toilet using water as an odor seal. Okay. Let's find out when the flush toilet was invented. I think it was. It was invented by John Crapper. I'm serious. Well, John Crapper, history? that's why they call it the John and they call it the Crapper. Short for crap, John Crapper invented this thing for humans to advance civilization with sanitation and ease and his legacy is his name being taken to use the word crap. His last name was used as an analogy for shit, for poo-poo. That's his legacy. After all he gave us, shame on us. Bidets can be used for the cleansing of the anus, perineum, and genitals after using the toilet. All right. I don't know, but I think the toilet's pretty old. Oh yeah. So back to candy. Anyway, these people chose to make candy corn instead. Uh, they did it in the 1880s, and following the 19th century, the Goletz Confectionery Company, Confectionery Company now called Jelly Belly, <laughs> manufactured the product along with other agriculture-inspired treats at the time. The late 19th century, America's confectioners sought to market candy corn to a largely rural society. Candy corn is a staple of the fall season and holiday uh, and Halloween in the United States but the taste of candy corn can be described as somewhat polarizing and has been a subject of wide debate. Candy corn, number six. Yeah, candy corn, it's okay. Nope. Now, how about a Reese's Cup? Reese's Cup, that is a good guess. Where is it? Number five. Number two, you are underestimating oh. the power of the Reese's Cup. You got a Nick's note coming your way. Reese's is Nick's personal number one candy in the world. You heard it here first. It is really good. Do you know how many pounds of Reese's Cups are sold at Halloween? Is it at the store by your house or in general? Three million across the U.S. Three million pounds of those little Reese's Cups. It is a favorite in Kansas. North Carolina, Texas, and Oregon. When someone says Oregon, I want to throw them off a cliff. Is that just me? Oregon? The year-round number one in the U.S. is Reese's. So, if you're looking outside of Halloween, Reese's is number one. It is also the fourth best selling global candy. And this is really impressive. It's the fourth best selling candy year-round in the world. But only 3% of Reese's sales come from outside the U.S., 3% of its global sales are enough to earn it the fourth best selling candy in the world. Isn't that fucking insane? That means it's really popular but we are insanely, we have, Americans have an insane appetite for Reese's Cups. 97% of Reese's sales come from the US and its global sales are nearly $2.7 billion a year just for Reese's. Well, it does kind of represent, you know, freedom Mm. in that there is no wrong way to eat a Reese's. (laughs) <laughs> says the guy who shoved a Reese's up his ass. Do you uh, do you want to start spouting out other like '90s fucking catchphrases, or do you want to? Well, continue? that's their whole thing. Is that no, dra- it's not anymore. They yeah, haven't ra- said that in a long time. Around Halloween, they have that commercial where Dracula bites in it and he sucks the peanut butter out first. That just sounds real. This sound. This is the segue we needed right here for our peanut butter water discussion. A peanut butter vampire. I don't. It's absurd. Did you know that? Reese's consists of a milk, white, or dark chocolate cup filled with peanut cream. Mm-hmm. It's marketed by the Hershey Company. They were created by H.B. Reese, a former dairy farmer and shipping foreman for Milton S. Hershey. Reese left his job as a shipping foreman for the Hershey Company to start his own candy business. So, I want to pause here. His name is H.B. Reese, right? hmm His name is an H.B. Reese's. So, can we put that fucking argument to bed now once and for all? Oh, for people who have to have the word rhyme pieces? The candy bar is named after the man whose name was Reese. It's a Reese apostrophe S. Reese is candy. Reese, people call it Reese's? You haven't heard that? I hear that more than I hear Reese's. People say Reese's pieces. I'm like... No, but they say it just for Reese's too, without the pieces. This is bizarre. It's like Warsh instead of Wash. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. But you know, with, um, with you don't add an EES after an apostrophe to everyone. It's not when you say Nick's, it's not Nicky's. When you say Brandon, it's not Brandon's. It's not Reese's, it's Reese's. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, this is the hill I'm willing to die on. But do you, wanna, you want me to go get all these illiterate people? Yeah, well, you'd have to get pretty much all the world. H.B. Reese, he's the one who invented Reese's. He uh, died in 1956 in West Palm Beach, Florida and he passed the company to his six sons. Do you want to know their names? Yes. Robert John Ed Ralph Harry Charles. Okay. Isn't that... Aren't you glad I included that note? On July 2nd, 1963, the Reese Brothers merged the candy company with the Hershey Chocolate Corporation. Oh, I'm glad you said it was the company that merged. As, As you said, the Reese Brothers merged. (laughs) It sounded gross. (laughs) They merged into one super brother. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting that H.B. Reese left the Hershey Company to make his own candy company but after he died, his six sons immediately went and combined with the Hershey Company who now Hershey sells Reese's today. He had some kind of ego attached to that Reese's peanut butter cup. They just wanted the money. After all that, here's the power of Reese's. In 2019... After 56 years of stock splits, the Reese Brothers' original 666,000 shares of Hershey common stock represented 16 million Hershey shares valued at over 2.5 billion. Simple terms, the Reese Brothers are collectively worth $2.5 billion and they have annual cash dividends of $49 million. And they just fucking sold Reese's to Hershey in the 60s. I mean, think about... <laughs> All these kids was be born to a dude who invented like a really tasty chocolate peanut butter cup and that's it like, hey, you're not just set for life, you're set better than 99% of the rest of the world. You never have to worry about something everyone else worries about every day of their life. You never have to worry about that again. Lucky you. Your grandkids, 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 grandkids are set for life. My last note here that in 1969... Hat... Only six years after the Reese Reese Hershey merger, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups became the Hershey Company's top seller as they remain to this day. You got to ride that peanut butter lightning. Speaking of riding peanut butter lightning, you know what other kind of lightning I like to ride? Fucking Apple Podcast Review lightning. (laughs) All right. I'm going to read a few Apple Podcast reviews, including this first one from Big If Kayla from Canada. She says, quote, he or she says, Quote, Nick and Brandon have truly found a niche, a niche, and a long-lasting topic that I am excited to return to again and again. Bravo! Actually, bravo! There's an exclamation point on the end there. Thanks. Big if Kayla doesn't realize that by submitting that review to Apple Podcasts, she actually entered a legally binding contract where she has to return again and again to the Tennis Podcast. And if she doesn't, I'm supposed to go and, and get her, right? Yeah. You'll drown her in peanut butter. <laughs> The next one here comes from The Review Guy. Guess what he says? I don't know. Great job. His his name is The Review Guy? Yep. Does he review every podcast? Do you want me to track him to interview Great job. Great job, but that's not it. Two hearts. Great job, two hearts. Oh, he left two heart emojis, not wrote that we are two hearts. No, he sent human hearts to my house. Was that not clear? Well, thanks for the love think of all the work we do for this podcast, the endless hours and hours that we both spend every week on this podcast. It's a lot of work. And it's been over a year of this. Over, you know, This is our 59th episode. We got all kinds of shit we got to do. It's not just producing this podcast. It's, it's marketing it. It's getting out there on social media. It's our website. It's creating content for our patrons, which you can sign up for at patreon.com slash It's all that shit, all this work. And this guy says, great job. Well, thank you. He doesn't owe me anything. No, you're right. I'm giving him a hard time. Thanks, bud. We do appreciate all the reviews, even ones that say great job on it. If you want your review read on this show, go to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, leave us a nice little review-ski and we'll read it. So, Brandon, so far you've got number two Reese's, number three M&M's, number four Snickers, number six Candy Corn, number seven Hot Tamale, number eight Tootsie Pop. And I want to tell you some big heavy hitters that are not in the top 10. Okay. Hershey mini bars, not in the top 10. Think about how many fucking little Hershey mini bars, including like Crackle and stuff like that, you get in your kid's Halloween trick or treat bag. I don't know how that works though because they do come a part of that big grab bag of small candy bars. They're measuring in pounds, don't forget. Oh, I forgot. This is all measured in pounds. We got to look for the heavy, no, heavy no, candy. No, 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 you don't. No. I guarantee you that, that's not going to be. That's <laughs> not a good strategy. No. Twix, it's the only candy bar with the nougat cookie crunch or whatever George says. It's the only candy bar with the cookie crunch. Twix! Twix is number 17. Milky Way, that's another one that you get a ton of those little mini Milky Ways in Halloween. I love them. That's number 15. Jolly Ranchers is number 11, we already said that. Almond Joy, not for me but it's a popular one. Number 23. Blow Pops are 20. Lifesavers, Butterfinger, here's the biggest one. Kit Kat, not in the top 10. What number is Kit Kat? 18. Kit Kat is way up there for me. Yeah, Kit Kat is... Yeah, I'm with you. What about Reese's Pieces? Kit Kat is below fucking Swedish Fish. Yeah, something something's up. What was the one you asked? Reese's Piece is n- not in the top 20. Okay. Three Musketeers? Yeah. Nope. Number 22? A lot of nugget to enjoy with a three Musketeer. Twizzlers? Milk Duds? Hey, hot take. I think Twizzlers suck ass. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you sure? Listen, I want to give you a chance to back up on that because I really don't want you to become a target of death threats online. I do so not like them. Sam, Sam I am. Sam I am, yeah. Don't fucking like them. Hey, that's a good list idea. Dr. Seuss books. Hmm. Milk Duds, number 25. Nerds and Airheads. Airheads are in your boys' top five for sure. Airheads are in the top 20 or not in the top no, 20? They're not. They're not. I don't know what number they are. They're outside of the top 20 but so none of those are in the top ten. So you got some uh, what your work cut out for you. I'll say that number one is a very popular, famous candy, but it's not a candy that is top of mind for me on Halloween. What about Dots? No. What the fuck's wrong with you? Oh, okay. Did you just have a mental breakdown? Dots. Yeah. They're little fruit ones. they they come in a tiny bat or tiny box. Ba- milk Duds. You know, after Dots, I'm on. I'm really considering pausing this recording, driving over to your house, and beating the shit out of you. Where? where show me Milk Duds. I went through Milk Duds already when you were ignoring me apparently. Milk Duds is number 25. Oh. Hmm. All right. I'm going to start giving you some hints. Number 10 is small and individually wrapped. Hershey's Kiss. Hershey's Kiss is number 10. Here's my hot take on Hershey's Kiss. Fuck them. Anything you got to open up individually like that. I don't Uh, anything that you can unwrap and put a drop of piss on and then wrap back up. (laughs) And drop in a kid's bag. I don't think you're supposed to give them for Halloween. A drop of piss? So, that because if it's a drop of piss, then you're pissing elsewhere and then collecting one drop. I'm gonna piss in a cup and get an eyedropper and I'm gonna put one drop of piss on every Hershey kiss. I call them Hershey's piss and then I give one out to every kid. They're carefully rewrapped. I don't think you're supposed to do that. Obviously, you're not supposed to do the piss part but I don't think you're supposed to give out candy that can be tampered with like that just so people don't have to fucking worry about it. Yeah. Well, plus, besides all of those very valid points, it's also annoying as hell to have to. I'm talking like outside of Halloween, too. Just like it's fucking March and you're buying Hershey's Kisses and you got to open up every one of the some bitches. Yeah. I like to open up a whole, bu- like a long row of them and then just yep. go pop, 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 pop. Oh, yeah. No, I'm with you. But I don't get Hershey's Kisses. So they're number 10. There's about a million pounds sold every year. The bite-sized pieces of chocolate have a distinctive shape commonly described as flat-bottomed teardrops. (laughs) Flat-bottomed girl. Hershey's Kisses chocolates are wrapped in squares of lightweight aluminum foil with a narrow strip of paper protruding from the top. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it does protrude. A fucking, you know, like a scientist at Harvard wrote this Wikipedia article. The Hershey's Kisses were introduced in 1907. At first, the Hershey's Kisses were wrapped by hands and fingers. Ew. But in 1921, a machine was made. A licking machine. Probably not a licking machine. It was made so the kisses would be wrapped automatically. Brothers Walter Howard and Raymond Philippi made improvements such as devices to reject misshapen kisses and position unwrapped candies upright. This is also when the plume was added. Isn't it interesting that Hershey or any company that is like, you know, money's the name of the game... They are so perfectionist about the product that they will, instead of just saying, ah, fuck it, the people will still eat them a shape and kiss. They throw them away. Yeah. That's kind of neat, right? Have you been to Hershey, Pennsylvania? I have not. Hershey, Pennsylvania is, it's a city named after Hershey. It's where they're headquartered. Right. And people live there but it's cool because it's a little town. The city is but, named after the guy and the, the candy? Yeah, it's a Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's an incorporated city with a population, schools and everything. But all the streetlights, the lights are Hershey Kisses shaped. Isn't that neat? Did they run on chocolate? Yeah. During 1942, production of Hershey Kisses was briefly interrupted due to the rationing of aluminum foil. Instead, the machines were used to create chocolate paste God, for the is soldiers. The, is there anything Hitler didn't fuck up? They created chocolate paste for the soldiers in World War II. Yeah. Chocolate paste. Fucking Hitler even put a hiccup in our Hershey's Kiss consumption for a while. We really need to time travel and take him out as a baby. Kick him in the gut. I feel like we should talk about that sometime. I feel like we've never talked about that. Actually, what you should do is time travel back even further and just annihilate his dad in the balls. Okay, so if someone wants to get on that. The people that are doing the Tootsie Pop experiments, try to come up with some time travel shit. But Time travel then on the other side of the portal is Hitler's dad's testicles. So, Destination Hitler's dad's testicles. I have uh, some more candy controversy for you. Hashtag candy controversy. Okay. In December 2018, this is very recently, a member of the Wedding Cookie Table community on Facebook posted a picture of a tipless kiss. Have you ever had that problem, Brandon? A tipless kiss? It sounds lewd. They uh, posted on Facebook, do this year's kisses look like this for you or are the tops broken off? Other members of the group began to check their kisses And as a result, dozens of others posted in the group, and many had missing tips. Twitter soon picked up on the controversy and it became a trending topic. In a statement, a Hershey spokesman, this is the most corporate fucking statement I've ever heard. A Hershey spokesman said, we love our kisses as much as our consumers. We make more than 70 million kisses a day here in Hershey, PA, and we want each of them looking as great as they taste. The iconic conical shape is one of the reasons families have loved kisses for generations. We shape the tip on our classic solid milk and dark chocolate kisses to create that iconic appearance. And while there has always been some variability in that process, we are working to improve the appearance because it's as important to us as it is to our fans. I not you think that guy was like, I wish we could just ride like, fucking get over it. <laughs> Oops. Yep. It's still chocolate. Uh, yeah, sometime the little tip breaks off inside the foil. Yeah, sometimes my tip breaks off too inside. Inside the tiny shape of a tiny Hershey's kiss? Sure. Oh, that would be awful. All right, you're missing nine. Five and one. Yeah, so they are all not chocolate. Ooh. Starburst. Starburst is number five. Starburst is number five. Write it down. Starburst, number fiver. Five is Starburst. Got it? Yes. Yes. Starburst. Every Halloween sells 1.6 million pounds of Starburst. It's a favorite in Wisconsin and South Dakota. It is a box-shaped fruit-flavored soft taffy candy manufactured by the Wrigley Company, a subsidiary of Mars. It is originally known as Opal Fruits when introduced by Mars in the UK. Now, again, do you think that was introduced by the company Mars in the UK or introduced by the planet Mars? One of these probably was introduced by Martians. Okay. It was named such by Peter Phillips, the winner of a competition that won him five euros. Oh, no. So, now look at the value of Starburst today. Introduced in the US in 1967 as M&M's Fruit Chewies, eventually became Starburst later that decade. Here's my last note. Starburst also exists in the form of candy corn, popsicles, gum, jelly beans and lip gloss. I've had the popsicle. Are you going to buy your wife some uh, Starburst flavored lip gloss for Christmas? I don't think she would appreciate that. Do you think the lip gloss also has to be annoyingly and excruciatingly unwrapped by your little fingers between every use because Starburst has a Hershey Kiss problem. For every Starburst, it's like a 40-minute deal just to open up the thing and throw it in your mouth. Don't they make kind of medium-sized bags where they are unopened? Yeah, I think that's kind of new. But I want the real thing. I don't want the knockoff. You're going to have to just just do a row. Do a long row and then act like you're ha- at a, like a candy eating contest. I can do that. That's Starburst. Do you like Starburst? Yeah, I'm good with Starburst. I have a crown in my teeth, so I'm a little bit scared of Starburst, but i But I'm very brave. Yeah. You needed one and nine. Skittles. What number? I'm going to guess Skittles number one. Skittles is at number one. Hell yes. It only took you fucking over an hour or however long. Uh, You told me you wanted me to wait for number one. You've had Skittles in your mind this whole time? I wrote Skittles down very early. Yeah, the fuck you have. I was thinking about how popular they are for Marshawn Lynch, the football player. I recently saw a video of him in a car that was filled, like he was sitting in the car but the car was filled to the point where he, like when he opened the door, they spilled out uh, full of Skittles because he likes Skittles. Who is this? Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode. He used to play for the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, that is my favorite NBA team. He last played for the Raiders. Is he playing for, he's not playing now. Okay, this is, yeah, this is great. Okay, so Skittles sells 3.3 million pounds every Halloween. It is a favorite in Florida, California, Minnesota, Hawaii, Arkansas, and Delaware. It is the most popular Halloween candy for almost all of the 2010s, including last year. Uh, It is made by the Wrigley Company, a division of Mars. Skittles consists of hard sugar shells imprinted with the letter S. The interior consists mainly of sugar, corn syrup and hydronated palm kernel oil along with fruit juice, citric acid, natural and artificial flavors. (laughs) So, I like Skittles markets the inside is like this fruity juice flavor like rainbow but in reality, it's sugar, corn syrup, hydronated palm kernel oil along with fruit juice, citric acid, natural and artificial flavors. It's closer to the shit that Walter White was making. The Skittles were first made in 1974 by a British company but by 1982, domestic production of Skittles in the US had begun and I have some hashtag, well, I guess this isn't controversy but it's sad. It, it stemmed from a sad event. In the aftermath of the shooting of Trayvon Martin, Oh no! protesters used Skittles. Yeah, he was getting Skittles and iced tea. Yeah, Martin had reportedly been carrying Skittles and Arizona watermelon fruit juice as a Oh. So, protesters used Skittles as a symbol during rallies. Yeah. He's just a kid going to get some sugar. So, the only one left on the list is number nine. Yeah. And I know you said it's fruit. Well, none of this is fruit, Brandon. But well, it's fruit flavored. Fruit-ish. It's not yeah. chocolate. Not chocolate. Uh, I've written down Laffy Taffy. That's a very good guess. I, I hadn't considered Laffy Taffy. Even though Laffy Taffy fucking blows, it does end up in Halloween bags all the time. I like Laffy Taffy. Hmm. But no, it's not Laffy Taffy. Is it Mike and Ike? Another good one. I think Mike and Ike is very popular but I don't see it a lot at Halloween. Maybe that's just my ritzy neighborhood that doesn't hand it out. Well, now I'm kind of at a loss. I think that's all the candy I know. You were just talking about how you're a candy expert. What happened? There were 10 or 12 things I had on my list that you went through and told me Weren't in the top 10. I'm going to start reading notes for this and, and you yell it out when you get it. This is number nine. 1.1 million pounds sold every year. It's a favorite in Maine. It's a soft candy with a coating of invert sugar and sour sugar, a combination of citric acid, tartaric acid, and sugar. The slogan, sour, sweet, gone, refers to the sour... Lemonheads? No. Lemonheads, nachos, my dad's boat. Stepbrothers. Uh, the slogan, Sour Sweet Gone, refers to the sour to sweet taste of the candy. It was created in the early 70s and named blank, likely to capitalize on the popularity of Cabbage Patch Kids. Sour Patch Kids. Sour Damn. Patch Kids. It was created in the 70s in Canada, although it's known as the Very Bad Kids in France and as Maynard's Sour Patch Kids in the UK and Canada. <laughs> the Very Bad Kids. <laughs> Why was that suggested for a candy? Naughty Boys. Uh, M&M's aren't the only one with a video game. The Sour Patch Kids have a video game called World Gone Sour but it was published by Capcom and released in December 2011 for PC, PlayStation and Xbox. Oh my God, I was going to guess that was like a shitty mid-90s thing. 2011. Disturbing. You did it. You did it with a lot of help. I did need some help. I forgot about, I don't really like Sour Patch Kids so they didn't, it just didn't. It sounds like you stick to the chocolate side of the candy aisle. Yeah, chocolate is like the meat of the candy world. Chocolate as meat is a concept that grosses me out. And that's where I like to live, in the meat of the candy world. Chocolate and peanut and nugget. What about these people that don't like chocolate? Should we tell them that they're wrong? It's pretty weird. I have a friend that does not like chocolate, never has, but he loves Reese's and Reese's Pieces. Does he eat him like a vampire and suck the peanut butter out? You know what? I'll make a point to ask him next time I see him, Brandon. Might check to see if he has sharp canine teeth. This has been the top 10 most popular candy in America during Halloween. Halloween candy. Halloween candy. Let's go through the top 10. Number 10 is Hershey's Kisses. Number 9 is Sour Patch Kids. Number eight is Tootsie Pops. Number seven is Hot Tamales. Number six is Candy Corn. (laughs) It does stand out as being really shitty in the middle of all these other ones now that you think about it. I think Candy Corn is sold a lot, but nobody fucking eats it. It's really out of place in this list. Yeah. So, anyway, six was Candy Corn, five is Starburst, four is Snickers, three is M&M, two is Reese's, one is Skittles. Reese's Cups. Reese's Cups, excuse me. I, did the cup come first and then they were like, oh, people love chocolate peanut butter, will make the pieces. That sounds like it would make sense that the cup was How first. many times have you mentioned Reese's Pieces on this episode? 43 at least? Well, I mean, they are a fucking candy. Yeah, but Reese's Pieces is getting a lot more attention from you than anything else. Is that well, your favorite? I like them. You see what I mean? Don't you think the cup probably came first and they said, oh, we got to make some pieces. Brandon, you're not, really going, you're not going out on a limb by saying that. I'm just saying I'm inside the mind of a... It's not a hot take. Of it's a just confectionary like, executive. No. It's just observing like the obvious. It's from all my research. Yeah. Okay. Well, what else do you want to say? We got next week, let's see, when will this be posted? This is going to be posted October 16th and so, we have two more Spooktober episodes. So, right. you have one more and I have one more to do and don't forget that Next week is episode 60, Brandon, so you got to get something really good. Why? Why do we celebrate at 60? Six- well, it's an even number. It's got to be spooky. Yeah. Spooky is the priority. And by the way, if you are in the mood for spooky and you can't wait for our next two Spooktober main episodes, you can listen to Brandon tell me some true spooky stories from his childhood. Brandon told me... So- Brandon's had a few uh, paranormal experiences, wouldn't you say, Brandon? I've seen shit that'll turn you white. And spooky shit too. Uh, so, Brandon tells me some true spooky stories and I react to those in our newest bonus episode. You can listen to it right now at patreon.com slash tennishpod. That's patreo ncom com tennishpod. And when you go there, you'll get a bunch of other past bonus episodes too, like the worst movie taglines ever and more. And you get all of our future episodes and some other shit too. I'll, I'll send you some free tennis merch and you can look forward to early release of our main episodes from time to time when available. All that and more. All that and more. You got to do it in Spooktober because you can't listen to a spooky ghost bonus episode on November 1st. So, you got to do it now. Sorry. It's the rules. Well, cool. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube at Tennish Pod. You can also follow me at Nick underscore Amel on Twitter. Brandon, how do they follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at Psychic Host, or you can follow me as I drive around town. Yep, Brandon drives a brown minivan. Nope. And also, if you haven't, check out our website, TennisPod.com. All right, this has been fun. I'm Nick, he's Brandon. We'll see you next time. Bye.